Welcome back to Green Planet, Blue Planet podcast. I'm here today with Peter Tang, um, my my ally and confidant in all things Gene Keys. Peter, that's that's how I think of you. Um, oh, welcome. Thank you. I'm excited to be here <laughs> thank with you. you. Yeah. Lovely to be here. Yeah, and I want to dive both into your story, into the Gene Keys, into the work you do with them. Your, you know, and and maybe let's start just a little bit in with your story and how. You know, you, you once upon a time, I remember you. You were a school principal, and you worked with many, many kids until you realized something wasn't quite as aligned as working in the old education system. And then over time, you found your more esoteric, more spiritual gifts, or maybe refound them. And then the jinkies are an expression of them in in these days. Is, is that yeah. right? To say? Absolutely. So thank you. Yeah. So I was like a regular guy. I was a rugby playing, beer drinking, uh, chemistry teacher. Uh, in England, and uh, I emigrated into Canada in uh, 1985 through rugby, actually, and uh, ended up at a beautiful school, St. Michael's University School in Victoria, British Columbia, where I was head of boarding. So I was connected to 200 kids from all over the world and eventually became the senior school principal. And as you correctly said, in that role, I was um, managing 500 kids and 50 teachers and the so-called indigo children discovered who I really was and started coming to me and explaining to me their stories and how they didn't fit into the school system. And so slowly but surely, I began to understand that this uh, old world educational system did not work for these kids. It worked for some kids, but not for these new kids coming in. So I made this crazy decision to leave my job. And I thought I was going to set up schools for these kids. And that didn't happen. And I got taken on this completely alternative path. Although I was a chemistry teacher, uh, I got exposed uh, in reality to alchemy at the actual physical furnace, which was a remarkable experience beyond the chemistry that we understand. And so this led me on to my true spiritual path. And part of that was I hosted my own podcast for five years on uh, Voice America. Uh, the show was called Awakening to Conscious Co-Creation. And I interviewed all these very gifted spiritual people. And I got tipped off that Richard Rudd, who is the originator of Gene Keys, was someone I should interview. And I was coming to the realization that I, I needed to stop doing the podcast, pay attention, Julian, because I was getting saturated with information. And I realized that wasn't it. And it was taking me out of my heart and into my head. So I'd made the decision to stop doing the podcast. And one of the latest um, interviews I did was Richard Rudd. And I did it because he was coming to North America to do three workshops, one in Vancouver, Canada, one in Portland, and one in the Bay Area. So I, my show was on a Wednesday uh, lunchtime, and I did the show with Richard. He went really well, great guy. He's English, I'm English, we had a great rapport. And so he sent me um, the book online, the golden path, which is the journey through it, and my profile. And so I started looking into it and thinking, wow, this is amazing. This is really, really important. So a week later, he flew into Vancouver and did his one-day workshop in Vancouver. And he went to Vancouver Airport to go to Portland. And in Vancouver Airport, they have the American Immigration Border Control Guards. So he goes to travel through to America and they wouldn't let him into the country. They turned him back. I still don't really know why, and nor does he, because he thought he had all the right documentation, but they wouldn't let him in. 
best decision they ever made. So he went back to his hotel room and checked back in, and he did his Portland two-day retreat remotely on a big screen in the Unity Church in Portland. To everybody's major disappointment, talk about your shadows getting triggered. Anyway, he did that two days from his hotel room, and he sent me an email. I didn't know him apart from that one uh, broadcast. Sent me an email. I said, I've had a bit of a drama. Can I come over? So the next thing I know, I'm meeting him off the ferry in Victoria from Vancouver. And I'm thinking, this is really weird. And, and, and so he comes off the ferry, and we have this uh, wonderful time together. And he turned down the opportunity to teach at Hollyhock, which is a beautiful spiritual retreat center up Vancouver Island. But when he came through the Gulf Islands and he met me and he actually came to my meditation group, which you've been to many times, um, he changed his mind. And that changed his life and my life. He came back the following year, did a five-day retreat uh, on what's called the Seven Sacred Seals, which is the more esoteric nature of the Jinkies. And I took about a dozen people from Victoria up to this uh, gathering. And it went really, really well. I mean, it's a profound teaching. And at the end, uh, you know, we all said goodbyes and, and that was it. And I thought that was the end. And then a, a couple of months later, I got an email saying, I'd like you to invite you to come to Romania to be part of the Venus sequence teachings with the understanding that you'll take the teachings back to Canada and become my main facilitator in Canada. So, of course, I said yes, and I went, and we had, a, again, another great Venus retreat. And at the end, he said, right, uh, you know, are you up for this? And I said, absolutely, yes. So I came back, and um, to be fair to me, I absolutely took it on board and saturated myself with the jinkies. And I did a radio show, and then as a result of that radio show, we offered a special deal for people to have sessions with me. And that started then in the uh, December of 2015. And at that time, I had to spend an hour preparing for each of the sessions that I did with people. Um, and I have continued, I won't use this word in a religious sense, but religiously, to do the work with the Jinkies ever since. It's become my main passion my main focus in life, because Julian, my, my intention always in my spiritual journey was to have a very safe container. And what I've come to understand is that the Gene Keys enables you to really go as deep as you possibly can on your spiritual journey, but in a very safe, grounded way. And that is so important to me, uh, because I've seen people who've gone on their spiritual mission and have the Kundalini rising experience and basically lose the plot and lose their mind. And we definitely do not want that to take place. So I have been doing Jinky sessions for people and workshops since 2015, right through to the present moment. Fortunately, I now know the Jinkies well enough that I can just do a session spontaneously without needing to look anything up pretty well all the time. So that's the background to the Jinkies. So I should just mention... Richard Rudd's experience, unless you wanted to say anything at this point. No, I just, you know, it's a fascinating story because I met you right around 2014, 2015. And I think the Gene Keys, you know, as a topic and why why I, you know, decided to have this interview with you, Peter, and, you know, hosted on a podcast that's called Green Planet, Blue Planet, that's all about regeneration. I think the Gene Keys and the, you know, the the guidance as, as it guides us 
um, like a template on our spiritual journey is really a big part of how we access spirituality, but also a path as spiritual beings on a regenerative journey. And so it really is, it's like, if you don't regenerate yourself, it will be very difficult to regenerate communities or the earth at large. Right. And so in that ethos or that sense, I, I kind of draw the line of connection to your work and, you know, the, the reverence I have for your work and how you, you, you bring it in, into, into the world. Great. Thank you. So let's just chat about Richard a little bit, because that was an extraordinary experience as well. So he had two spontaneous altered state uh, experiences for three days on both occasions. First time he was a young man and he was out in, the, in his 20s and he was out in the world. I'd love to have seen that recorded to see what he actually did um, because he was in that rapturous, aban uh, abandoned state of, of extreme rapture. And uh, he went to a wedding. I don't know how he behaved at the wedding. He went into a church and the whole church just expanded in this beautiful light. And he ended up renting a boat and going across to an island off the northwest coast of Wales uh, called Bardsey Island, and it's also known as the Island of 10,000 Saints. And he had an experience sitting on the top of a mound on that island with Merlin. And this was the beginning of his spiritual dream. And then uh, he had a few years of recovering from that, and then he got married, had his first child. And then he felt this spontaneous feeling coming on again when he was at home. And he said to his wife, I'm going to go in my study, just leave me alone. And he was in there for three days, three nights, didn't sleep, didn't eat. And that was when the gene key transmission came through him. And that three-day experience took him seven years to put into form. And that form is the form of the gene keys. And he would say that information came from the causal plane, which is the first subtle body beyond our physical incarnation. And it brings through pure truth. And I have no doubt, having worked with this now for seven, eight years, that the transmission is absolutely pure truth. So that was Richard's experience to bring through the gene keys, uh, which is what the format or the process that we work with today for individual people. Yeah, powerful. This this download, this 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 picture that you just drew that put three days and three nights, no no sleep, no eating, no drinking, just just completely being engulfed in like yeah, like an outer. Or like an altered state uh, experience, right? Like some of us maybe dream of this, and others uh, can't even can't even picture it. But having you know had the gene keys in my life also for like you know eight years or something, and having returned to it over and over, and by no means am I as you know in depth with it as you are. But there is a lot of beautiful, brilliant truth in it, and it's really difficult to actually, um, yeah kind of disregard that you know there's again there's there's something about this kind of work that allows people to see themselves to 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 lead themselves and therefore then to apply who we are as individuals into our path of action our path of business or our path of co-creation our path of becoming a conscious actor in this world and so um yeah it's fascinating and it's fascinating too because i remember you making the joke once that you might have had as many or maybe even more readings than, than Richard has because he's written the book and the work, but you're one of those people that actually went out there in the world and just read hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of, of profiles for people. Is that right? Exactly. And it's interesting you say that because uh, in his vocation sphere, he's a line one. And a line one is the person that has the original creative, original idea. And then the line two people, which is what I am, 
other people who actually put that into practice through the enthusiasm and that connection. And the line two is about one-on-one -on -one connection, which is what we're having now. And that's my forte is to be the enthusiast. I didn't have the original idea, but I can put it into practice on behalf of the line one. So my Richard uh, Rudd um, relationship has done exactly that between the two of us. Brilliant. Yeah, brilliant. Thanks for a little bit of the backstory. I know that for this episode today, what we prepared is to go through a profile that is very much um, timely today as we're recording this, right? Um, and timely as we're publishing this, but also it's kind of like a, um, yeah, it's gonna, gonna be important for the time to come. Do you wanna explain it as I'm starting to share it? Um, yeah, if you, want to start, it, if you wanna start sharing, then what I'll do to, is two different things. Perfect, thank you. Two different things. Um, I'll explain how the process works, and then I'll uh, look into some of the specifics of this particular profile uh, which um, is really relevant to what's happening in the world today. So we are recording this on the day before the new moon in Pisces. So you'll see this profile is for tomorrow. And you'll see it's 19th of February, 2023 at 23.06, 11.06 p.m. Uh, Victoria, uh, Pacific Northwest time. Now, what, what, what is helpful for everybody to understand is that you can get a profile for any date time in history. So you can look up your own birth profile just by going to the richardruddgenekeys.com website, free profile, and you can look up any date and time. So you can even go back in history to major events to see what the profile was for those major events. So I chose for the session today to pull up the new moon in Pisces profile for tomorrow for two reasons. One, to navigate around it to show people how it works, and then also to talk about one or two features of it to, to help people see how we can gain tremendous insight from uh, these profiles. So I'll begin by explaining the actual nature of the profile which is called the golden path. So this is a series of 33 steps that you go through from the beginning to the end of the journey to give you this very clear understanding of your own life. Because if you have your own birth profile, then it tells you precisely why you are here, what you are working on in this life, and all the things that get in the way of you being able to fulfill your divine destiny. So there are three levels. You'll see it alongside each jinky. There are three words. And those three words represent three levels of frequency of vibration that we operate at. The bottom word is the shadow word. This is all of the blockages and obstru obst obstructions and obstacles in our life that prevent us from fully realizing our true divine destiny. And what's neat about it is it tells you exactly what you are supposed to be dealing with in your life, through your outer life and also your inner life, also your childhood and all the life's experiences that you've had. The middle word is the gift frequency. And when you shift out of the shadow into the gift, you're now living your life according to your free flowing life in the world. And this is where we want to spend our time is living our life in the gifts. Then the top word is what's called the SIDI, S-I-D-D-H-I, -D -D and this is a divine essence. 
and you can't really prepare yourself for the city apart from getting into the gift because then the city will just descend upon you when it's time. And what I've experienced with people is having little glimpses of those city states. So where you just have this feeling of bliss or ecstasy or peace and all the different words that are involved with these higher frequencies. And unfortunately, Julian, what people tend to do is to try and work out what's happening to them and they go into the mind and it goes away immediately. Right. So my advice is whenever you have that feeling of an ecstatic state, just let it saturate you. Don't try and work it out. Just take it into your heart and ground it into your body. Okay, so that's the background for the three levels of frequency. So now within the profile, there are three different sequences. The first sequence are the, and if you can just take the arrow there, the four keys on the outside, the life's work, the evolution, the radiance and the purpose. Those four are called the activation sequence. The life's work and evolution are you in the outer world. It's what you've come to be and how you show yourself to the outer world. The life's work is how you demonstrate yourself out in the world. And the evolution is what prevents you from evolving. It's what holds you back. So these two together are what we want to really pay attention to in our outer life. Then we come across to the radiance and the purpose. This is now the inner you, the the 34.4 and the 20.4. These two are the inner you, the unconscious you. The radiance is the environment in which you best thrive. So this is where you choose the environment in which you exist, you live, the people around you to either hold you back or to enable you to feel really content in your life. Then the purpose at the bottom is your true purpose in life. This is what your soul wanted you to experience in this lifetime. So just imagine then if you were in your purpose at the very bottom and your soul was calling you in a particular direction, and then you just imagine going straight up the center of the profile to the life's work at the top, This is where you now want to take your inner life and bring it out into the world in the way in which you live your life. So your inner life and your outer life become aligned. And that's that whole backbone of those five central spheres. So the radiance and the purpose bring you your inner core solidarity, your core stability. And that's the activation sequence, which leads you then into the Venus sequence, which are the pink spheres. So you come up from the purpose at the bottom. You've now got a real sense of your presence in the world, and you come up into the attraction sphere. And the attraction sphere are all those people in the world that you bring into your life to show you things you need to see. And so the attraction sphere means these are the people that will either be helping you and supporting you, loving you on your journey, or they're going to be people who are challenging you to reveal for you your shadow frequencies. And so this is where we now look into all of our primary relationships, our family, our friends, our business colleagues, all those people closest to us to see what they are trying to show us. And then we go back into the three spheres in the center of the profile, the SQ, EQ, and the IQ, and they correspond to our childhood development. 
if we go to the SQ first, this is the moment of our birth when we come out into the world up to the age of seven. And the SQ is basically how we are creating a physical presence in the world. It's how we incarnate into the world. And so those first seven years are the seven years where we are building the foundation for the rest of our life. And so this gene key and this line show us exactly how we are coming into the world at the very beginning of our life, becoming a physical being from being a spiritual being. Then we come down to the EQ, which is the next phase in our life, and it is the age 8 to 14. This is now our emotional body developing. So this is now we are moving away from our nuclear family and engaging more with our friends. It's also going through puberty and all this uncertainty and unknowing comes into our life. What, you know, am I going to be able to cope with what's coming next? And I don't know what it is. So this is the fear of the unknown creeping in, which if we don't resolve it, will stay with us for the rest of our lives. So this is, do I have a strong emotional quotient? That's why it's an EQ. The SQ is the spiritual quotient, the EQ, the emotional quotient. So the spiritual quotient is our physical body. The emotional quotient is our emotional body developing. And then we go to the IQ. We're now in the age 15 to 21. And this is our mental body developing, our intellectual development. And the, and, the, and the great thing about that is this is our mind now developing and our intellect being acquired. But if we're not careful, the, the intellect will take over. And very unfortunately, as you know, I was a school principal and our whole school system has been to focus on the intellect not on the emotional body development. Now, it started to come in through the emotional intelligence now being uh, recognized, but typically in our school system, it's all based around the intellect. Right, and, and so in most of society, right? I mean, it's not that we want to disregard intellect. It's just more about the balance between exactly. intellect exactly. and also a spiritual awareness that you know, planet Earth is more than a material plane. And so only when exactly. they're really in balance, we, make, we, we do meaningful work that... I, I think, you know, especially in the field of regeneration, it's not so much that it saves planet Earth, but it's just in balance, in right relationship between the natural world, the human world. And, and so quite interesting that it shows up in a body of work like the Gene Keys as well. Well, exactly. And the, the journey between the EQ and the IQ, that line is called the pathway of intelligence. So this is the blending and merging of the two. But also what we're seeing in the world right now, which again is fascinating in terms of this is all of this artificial intelligence, nothing wrong with artificial intelligence as a tool, but if you go into that extreme intellect with no heart, then that's where it all goes wrong. When that IA, the intelligence is used as uh, the dominant tool without the heart or the emotional body involved. And that's what we're seeing. So when you talk about the earth and mother earth, she is in that heart centered emotional body development and then when we get into the iq if we're not careful we forget about that and that's what's happening in the world today on a global scale where there are people deliberately trying to get us to forget about that heart-centered connection and this is where this balance has got to be maintained it's when the fall from grace in previous civilizations has taken place when the mind has taken over from the 
from the EQ, from the emotional body, art-centered existence. And that's when that intellect becomes a problem. Now, in the gene keys, that intellectual problem is the mind is very good at creating a cover story to cover up all the stuff that we need to resolve. So in the actual gene key golden path, we go backwards through these three. We start with the IQ because we've got to get underneath the mind to get down into the body to get into the EQ and then go back to the SQ. So what actually happens when you're successfully navigating through the gene keys is you look into your IQ, you begin to understand how your mind has supported you, but also got in the way. So you get underneath the mind and then you get into the feeling body. And now you go, okay, where is it that I get triggered? What triggers me? What is it that's upset me? What are those triggers? And so now you start working with that inner shadow of the EQ, which is what triggers me. And then when you work through those triggers, you get back to the SQ, which is where the physical shift takes place and our DNA actually changes and we activate it to a higher frequency and you'll never repeat that old pattern again. So the journey from the IQ back to the EQ to the SQ is what resolves everything. And so we have to go through all these different layers of these different triggers to clear them all out. So that takes time and patience. So then we go back to the end of the Venus sequence in the vocation sphere. You'll see it's half pink and half blue. The pink piece is the ancestral core wound that we have inherited from our parents and the ancestors when they conceived us. So this is like the really deepest wound that we are carrying, but it's not our wound. It's the wound of the ancestors. And we made this crazy decision in this lifetime to clear that wound on their behalf. And it's interesting, and I'll just mention it straight away, that in this 45.5, yeah, exactly. the shadow of the fifth line is guilt. Mm. So this journey, if this was a person tomorrow, being born tomorrow, they'd be carrying the vibration of guilt through their life. So almost certainly their parents would use guilt as a controlling mechanism because that's how they were trained and that's how their parents were trained and that's how their parents were trained. Right, and then the Jinky 45, we haven't talked about you know, how each of the numbers represents like a whole, you know, basically a small book within itself explaining the sequence, in this case, 45, from dominance to synergy to communion. Right. Either so this of our collective journey I mean, we're literally transcending the age of dominance and authority into an age of hopefully synergy or a form of, you know, cooperative kind of alliance. You got it, right? So the, the antidote to the guilt is forgiveness. So this is about a total forgiveness process of all that's happened. And as you correctly said, that dominance is all about the hierarchy. It's all about the top-down leadership and creating a scapegoat. And the scapegoat is, scapegoat is all of humanity at the moment, right? So what we're looking to do is to transmute out of the guilt into the forgiveness and out of the hierarchy into what Richard calls heterarchy, which is when we all sit as we are today, sitting around the round table, honoring each person's point of view so that what we create is bigger and better than the individual parts. And that is what the word synergy means through this heterarchical approach which is all about collaboration, not competition. 
And that's the shift of the 45th. So again, it's one of the real reasons, Julian, I wanted to use this profile because this is what the new moon in Pisces is saying tomorrow. We want to have this dream in Pisces of the shift out of hierarchy into heterarchy and bringing everybody together in communion. So that brings us an end to the Venus sequence, regenerated, resurrected self, and how we operate now in the world. And the 45.5 now becomes line five is the manager of your future work. It means you have the natural management skills to do it. And now you are being this manager of heterarchy out in the world. And then the culture is the way in which you do this. The culture is how am I going to connect with other people? So the line one in the culture is basically saying, I am the central anchor. This is me doing my work as the central person. If it's line two, it's you working in partnership with one other person. If it's line three, it's working in a small group between three and 15. If it's line four, it's a networking of people. If it's line five, it's the leader of a group. And if it's line six, it's being the visionary. So that's how the culture operates. Then you go back to the very top, you go back to the life's work, which was where we started. And now we've come back to that sphere because this now becomes your brand. This is how you clearly show to the world, this is who I am, and this is what I'm here to be in the world. And I'm gonna talk more about that jinky shortly. So this is how you demonstrate who you really are. Now you've done all this inner work. Then you come down to the pearl and the pearl is the final contentment in your life where you become fulfilled in your, the way in which you live your life in the world. And that, again, the line number and the, and the pearl shows you exactly where you want to go for your final piece of contentment in the world. Now, I didn't talk about the lines, so I just need to do that quickly, Julian. If you look at the funny little um, diagrams on the round outside circle, there are all these little structures. Those structures are the 64 hexagrams of the Chinese I Ching. When Richard Rudd had that experience, that three-day experience, he was shown how the 64 hexagrams of the I Ching corresponded precisely with the 64 codons in our DNA. And that has now been proven to be true. So when you look at the number after the decimal point, that is the line of the gene key hexagram that you are functioning on in that gene key. So let's take the 55.2 as our example. Every year, each gene key gets illuminated by the sun once. So it takes about five and a half days through each gene key. So tomorrow on the new moon in Pisces, the sun will be illuminating the 55th gene key on the second line of the hexagram. Now you'll see there it says line two dancer. That means that during this new moon in Pisces, we are supposed to be dancing through life with ease and grace. And anybody born on this gene key line would dance through life with ease and grace. It's just natural flow. It's what I'm good at. And that's all I need to do. And it flows naturally and easily. And the 55th gene key is saying, whatever you do from now on in your life, never play the role of the victim. 
And we know when we're playing the role of the victim, when we are either blaming, complaining, or comparing. And the 55th gene key you'll see goes from victimization to freedom. And this is the gene key of the age of Aquarius. And that's why I wanted to talk about it because the new moon in Pisces is happening tomorrow at the first degree of Pisces in the age of Aquarius. So we've got this wonderful opportunity to finally close the age of Pisces and enter into the age of Aquarius through the positive energies of Pisces, which is the pure love frequency connecting to the sea of all that is in consciousness. So I'm going to really ask people who hear this to focus, although we won't know about this until after the tomorrow, in the future to focus on their greatest dream through the love frequency. And I know this will be podcast before March 22nd, which is the spring equinox. And there seems to be a major pointer to that date as being a shift into the higher frequencies. So I want to invite everybody within the next month between now and March 22nd to dream their greatest dream for themselves in pure love without any restrictions whatsoever. And what I believe is going to happen is the veils are going to be thinning fairly rapidly after March 22nd, the spring equinox, to lead us into this new earth energy to take us on our way. And we're going to be having these connections to these higher frequencies. My, my understanding is the biggest challenge is going to be how do we take our connection to the fifth dimensional realm and ground it into physical form? Because we're not going anywhere. The earth let's itself talk about this for a second right changing. here. I, I think that, let's talk about this specifically for a second here. You know, when um I know that, you know, many people, when they get into the esoterics or kind of the new age times, there is this tendency to kind of want to leave planet Earth or like we are ascending. But really, I think the important thing is to realize we are already have been in a spiritual reality. And our job is to bring more of that into the physically lived embodied path of being a human, which then also coincides with, again, the path of regeneration, the path of you know, kind of sacred economics and kind of upgrading the way the structures and systems on the planet have are done. And so, yeah, give us just a little bit more there of your point of view, Peter, because I think it's a very important <laughs> to like bring yeah. down the energy because it's really easy to, you know, get high and float in the spirit realm. But it's, I think, a, quite a bit more challenging to bring and descend that spiritual energy into the physical body and start embodying pure love in a way that it is in symbiosis with earth and its inhabitants. That's, that's the key question of it all. And the answer is we don't know because it's a brand new scenario. My understanding is that as we get a clearer connection to those higher realms, we are going to have those clearer connections to other beings. And those beings are going to help us to discover how to ground it into form. Uh, but that is, that is the challenge that we've yet to face. And we don't actually really know how it's going to work. So we've just got to work with it. What we do know is that Mother Earth is the central player in this. And as you correctly said, ascension is not about going up and out. It's about bringing more of our higher self down and in and grounding that energy in. 
And the challenge with it, Julian, and this is happening in my sessions now, is people are having these extraordinary experiences beyond their physical form that they've never had before. Just having this greater awareness, feeling what other people are feeling, having predictive ability of prophetic energies of, of, of what's coming. And so this is what takes you out into this la-la land. And people are having these experiences without knowing what's happening. And so what I'm saying to them is, you've got to connect to that, but bring it back into form, bring it down to earth, ground it into reality. And the way to do that is to become friends with your root chakra. This is the most important thing. And it's the line one. So you can see in our profile, we've got a triangle of line ones. We've got the SQ, the pearl, and the culture. So the line one in the SQ means when you first came into this world, if this was your profile, you didn't actually feel safe being here. Whatever was going on in your childhood, you didn't feel grounded to this earth. You may have come in reluctantly from spirit. You may be in a family where there's dysfunction. Whatever it is, you don't feel fully safe. So that prevents you from getting fully grounded. And then the 25.1 in the culture, you'll see the shadow word is constriction. That constriction is not receiving the love that you needed as that child. So your heart gets shut down and you have this uh, constriction in the upper chest between the heart and the throat. So because you're not receiving the love that you need. So now then, if you just look at these two together, then it's saying we need to soften the edges of our heart in total acceptance of everything that's happened in our lives. Because Julian, I think one of the most important things we have to realize is we were sent here at this time for very special reasons, which was to be part of the transition team into the new earth energies. So we've got to clear our own stuff so that we can help others do the same. So as people have these incredible experiences, and they don't understand them. We are the people who are going to help them get it and say, it's okay. This is supposed to be happening. And you've got to stay in your body and get right down into that root. And the best way to root is to go out into nature and connect to your root chakra while being out in nature and just welcoming in those energies coming down and in. And the best place to do it is either in the forest where you're deep inside nature or alongside water, the ocean, a pond, a lake, a stream, and really connecting to the greenness of Mother Earth. It's funny that you're saying this as, as I'm sitting here in, in the forest, uh, <laughs> the tropical rainforest by the ocean, and the rain is pouring down. Maybe it's audible in the background. And, you know, my, my internet connection might be suffering in a few minutes as there's a thunderstorm coming through the bay here in Parachi in Brazil. But it's, it's one of those things that, you know, me and many people in my life, you know, that's clients or allies or people who I've worked with, uh, I've drawn more and more into natural spaces outside of the cities to kind of really find their own, as you said, like grounding or root chakra in how to pursue the dreams, the visions, the businesses, the enterprises that they see to make happen to, yeah, support, the pathway of a healthy planet. So let's continue with this uh, discussion, including this profile, uh, because there's a really some really important elements to it. The first thing I'll just mention, this is not gene keys, it's human design, but there's a close connection between the two. And these four outer keys that we've talked about 
uh, in human design, they're called the cross of the sleeping phoenix. And why this is important is this is up in the up in the field tomorrow, because the sleeping phoenix is basically saying that these higher frequency beings decided to have a nap while we were asleep until we reached the level of consciousness that they could come and join us. So the sleeping phoenix is waking up in people. It's the Kundalini energy rising, which is the 34th jinky on the left, to help people awaken to who they really are. So this is this wonderful energy that's beginning tomorrow to say, right, it's time for humanity to wake up. And I think what we're seeing on the planet now, it's becoming so insane that the majority of the collective who have been asleep are going to say, this is outrageous. There's something else going on here, and I need to pay attention. And I think we're going to see that happening over the next few months. It's going to be chaotic. It's going to be extreme. But I think it's going to lead to the, conscien the, the consciousness of humanity waking up significantly. Now, I'm going to come across to the 59, because the 59 in the evolution, this is what prevents our evolution, and the shadow is dishonesty. And now this is where we reflect on our lives whenever we've been exposed to dishonesty, either from other people or from ourselves. And this dishonesty is often a hidden agenda. So you don't even know it's happening until later on, or you may never find out. Now, interestingly, just before all the stuff around the pandemic began, Richard Rudd did a, an, a new audio transmission of the 59. And in it, he said, this is the only gene key calling me at this time. Well, he is the gene key, so you pay attention. And then he said, I had to start this transmission three times over because by the time I'd finished, it had already changed. Now, I got excited then because I knew that on the winter solstice 2020 was when we had the Saturn-Jupiter conjunction at zero degrees Aquarius, which was the entry point to Aquarius. And this was before that. So if the 59 was transmuting that fast out of dishonesty into transparency, it meant that we could indeed take that first step into the age of Aquarius. And what we've seen since then is the revealing of all the truth that all the people on the spiritual path have already seen, but the collective have been asleep to. And this is now the shift of this age that's taking place, taking us out of victimhood and into freedom. So these two gene keys become really, really important. And that freedom is a personal internal freedom. So this is saying whatever's happening in the outer world, I'm going to respond to it in the way that sets me free. So it's got nothing to do with anybody else but your own inner freedom. So I'm going to talk about the 25th gene key now because during this new moon in Pisces, Venus has just completed her journey through Pisces. So she's coming to the end of a sequence of the last year. And now she's moving into a brand new journey. And that brand new journey begins in the 25th gene key. The 25th gene key is the gene key of the spring equinox. So the sun moves into the 25th gene key right on that turning point 
from Pisces to Aries, but we've got it twice in our profile. So this means then that within this profile, we've got this new energy, this fresh new energy coming in as Venus begins her journey on a new journey through. It's what we would call in the tarot, the fool. She just steps out bravely on a new journey without knowing where it's taking her. But this is all to do with this Venus energy of love and relationship and our true values in life. So I'm throwing a lot at you, Julian, and to I your love listeners. It, yeah. yeah, but it's what it's the way the Gene Keys work when you integrate it with astrology, with the energy of the time and the Gene Keys itself. And from my point of view, I'll tell you the the way that the planets are aligning right now is just incredible. The choreography that they're doing to assist us on this journey. And that's why tuning into the planetary alignments in association with the Gene Keys is so profoundly powerful. You know, I, I kind of invited you here to, to throw a lot at us. I think it's very important to, <laughs> once someone wants to dive deeper into a topic like the Gene Keys, to, you know, to plunge the leap. And um, I told you the, the rain has taken over where I'm sitting. So I don't know how much of that we're hearing, but it is, it is really fascinating to see the, not just the work of the Gene Keys, and you've done such a great job of working us through the sequence. So anyone could do that with their own birth chart, listening to this episode and kind of diving deeper, but then specifically about, you know, this kind of entry point into the age of Aquarius through the new moon of Pisces. And yeah, this, this repetitive pattern here that is really going from constriction or victimization into acceptance, freedom, universal love, and very much so as we see through the evolution, like it, it has a lot to do with intimacy versus dishonesty. And so powerful stuff, Peter, how do we, how do we bring this all to kind of like a, a beautiful kind of close where we can guide people into some next action steps in their life. Because I think we said it ourselves, like just going out there to understand it all is one thing. Getting the visions and the insight is one thing, but the individual job is to come back down into the body, onto the path today, right here, right now in your life, where you're listening to this episode from and seeing how can I bring more of this big dream of this big heart of mine into the lived experience of what planet Earth is and unapologetically apply myself to this world? Great, great question. So this is the application of the Gene Keys to our, our lives in, in the real form. So the, the first uh, thing I would say is all the timelines of creation are coming into this now moment. So all the past lives that we've lived, our past life in this lifetime, are all now concentrating in. So what we need to do is to pay really close attention to whenever we get triggered. And what was it that triggered us? What was it that someone said or did that created that reaction inside me? And if we can, we don't want to react quickly. We want to, Richard loves the word pause, to slow down, take a breath, and respond intelligently and not react quickly. So we respond intelligently if we can, we go off and we do a quiet contemplation. We try and name what the trigger was. What was it that came up inside me? What was that? And when did it happen to me in a previous time in my life? And try to bring this emotional intelligence forward to try to really work through that. 
and be very kind and loving and generous to yourself at the same time. And then once you have resolved that emotionally, then the next thing to understand is that we are actually going through an alchemical transformation inside. We are becoming a new human being. We are going from Homo sapiens to Homo luminous. And a big marker for this was the green comets that came through a couple of weeks ago. Were you aware of that? Somewhat, yeah. I, I didn't actually see them, though, unless unless it was like a week ago, I saw a really, really, really huge shooting star. But tell, tell us more. Well, the green comet was just like a green smudge right at the top of the sky. Um, and, and it was there for the first two days of, of February, February 1 and 2. And some of the spiritual people in interpreting it were saying that the green comet last came through 50,000 years ago when it was Neanderthal man walking the planet. And then I couldn't believe this, Julian, because I was reading the 49th gene key, which was the gene key of that time. And in it, Richard Rudd talks about the city of rebirth. And I couldn't believe this. And this is where the gene keys is so phenomenal, is that he said the 49th gene key really represents a shift in our evolution at a quantum level. And he actually referred to this time 35,000 to 50,000 years ago when Neanderthal man became Cro-Magnon. And it wasn't a simple evolutionary step. It was a totally different genetic makeup. So my belief is that green comet coming through 50,000 years later is telling us that we are going through that quantum leap of evolution into the new Homo uh, Luminous. And the reason I'm talking about this is we've now got to realize that there's a lot going on inside us at the moment because we're shifting into this new human being. So people, for example, are waking up in the middle of the night. People are having hot flashes, but they're not in menopause because men are having them as well. And we're burning off all the old stuff to clear it out. So the next most important message is having gone through the triggers is to be really kind and gentle with ourselves and really honor our physical body. Because this is the first time that humanity has gone through this transformation, staying in physical body. And so we, we're gonna take ourselves with us into this new energy. So really important to give ourselves time to rest, to rejuvenate, recover, have naps when we need them, eating the right foods, having the right exercise, spending time out in nature, really important. And then it's just paying attention out in the world without getting sucked into the dark side and all the fear that's being generated. So we keep one eye on it, but we hold to that highest frequency that we can. And that highest frequency needs to be grounded into form into our physical bodies. So keeping it really simple, paying attention to when we get triggered, doing our own inner work in the most kind, gentle way possible, not dropping into the fear space and staying into that love vibration. Yeah, I like, I like the link to spending, you know, quality time in nature. I think there's really something so simple about these higher states of being, right? It's 
staying out of what you just called fear also. I think that for many people, this has become a very clear picture that you can either choose to continuously see a future of doom and despair and fear, or we can attune to what I call the pathway of a healthy planet, right? Which has to do with, you know, us spending like Richard Rudd likes to do as well, like time in the pause, in the gap, in meditation, in the observation. And when we do that, sure, opportunities and challenges will still be there, but it all becomes much less um, chaotic, I believe. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And I also think in talking about regeneration of the earth, that Mother Earth will recover much faster than we think she will once we turn away from the abuse of her. So although all the pollution obviously is a concern, once we honour her fully, I think we'll see her recover very quickly and the greening of the planet will take place much faster than we think it will. And we see many people already being agents of that as well, right? Like dedicating their time and their energy to what is what is the, you know, quotation marks here, the green revolution beyond just planting trees, but what is a healthy ecosystem look like? How can I apply myself? How can I support indigenous people? How can I support the coral reefs? Like we see so many people take action from a very truly inspired place rather than just trying to fix a problem, stepping up and acting on their kind of inner guidance, or as you said there, their you know source connection or signal and so you know this is a good good place to to leave people with for this for this episode to like connect to this gap connect to that silence connect to the place in nature that you know informs you deeper about what is yours to bring into the world and peter i'd love to close with having you share you know if we were zooming out a little bit here on the timeline and you know you said we're team transition on planet earth so if we were to go seven generations forward, like what is the dream you have for us to leave here for the seven generations to come after us? What is your dream for planet Earth at this point in time? Oh, my my dream is really simple, is to, to live a simple life, to be in peace and harmony with the Earth itself, to come into this reciprocal dance with Mother Earth, uh, growing our own food, being responsible for our own food and our own lives, and uh, humanity coming together as one in peace and harmony and this beautiful mutual loving support with no judgment and just allowing each person to be true to themselves and the belief that we will be in total integrity. We won't need a government. We won't need anything to control us or limit us or tell us what we can and can't do. That we will be in such integrity and such unconditional love that it will look after itself. And I'll just be this natural, peaceful, loving flow. And most importantly, because I was a school principal, that we will really honor the children and allow them to be who they are, because they're coming into this world differently. They're new beings. And rather than trying to control them and structure them into a school system, we need to let them follow their own passions and then guide them into how they can best become themselves in their future self. So a harmonious, loving family of, of the earth connected with Mother Earth and this loving connection between all people and all beings and all animals. And this is the 2015 key, funnily enough, the, the city's universal love. It's the love of all sentient beings and holding that sacred space for each other. Brilliantly said, beautifully said. Peter, thank you so much for your time, your work, your 
insights. I know we could chat much more about this and, and very likely we will, but I think it was a very good starting point for anybody who's new to the Gene Keys to understand the golden path and the sequence and specifically about this new moon in Pisces and uh, understand kind of the times we're in. So thank you. My absolute pleasure. <laughs>